Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Relationships Are Underrated podcast. I am one of your hosts, Trip Kramer. And I'm your other host, Jonathan, Jovial Jonathan Asley. Jonathan. So we should probably tell our audience that what they already probably know is that we are doing about an episode every three to four weeks at this point. Yeah, I think it's... We, I, I think we came to the conclusion that with our busy work schedules that it's hard for us to connect as much as we wanted to. So, yes. um, but, you know, hopefully we provide good content and everyone is happy when they do get to hear us. Absolutely. And we want to keep it going. And it doesn't mean we don't love this podcast. We enjoy connecting and talking about these topics. But I think it came to the point, Jonathan, we're just overwhelming and we weren't producing the best content that we could, or at least that's what we were thinking. So, yeah, that's how I felt. And plus, you know, a lot of big changes have happened in your life and my life, which kind of correlates to what we're going to talk about today. Does so it? Can I share my good news? Does it correlate to what we're talking about? I mean, I, I, I think, well, yeah, I'll, I'll explain why in a moment. But, okay, go um, ahead. So I don't think we've had an official podcast where we talked about, well, we did our last one about how I officiated your wedding. And yes, um, did. and at the same time, I actually connected with somebody while I was there. And I share this because she and I had met a year earlier online, but we had distance between us because as you know, you live in Chicago. I live in Los Angeles and this person lives or lives in Chicago. And we met and actually we had a great connection on our first date. And you were kind enough to allow me to invite her to the wedding. And since then, she and I have seen each other a number of times, and we're going to be seeing each other again soon. So this has turned into a very serious relationship. God, the smile Which... on your face. If people, could, <laughs> if, if, if people could see the smile on your face, it is <laughs> so big, I can't even see your eyes. You know, dude, I, I've, okay, I feel like I probably have dated 500 plus women in my lifetime. I mean, or at least first dates. And I've had a few relationships we've, we've talked about in previous podcasts. I have never felt this way for somebody. I, I have not genuinely felt this excited about someone. I feel like we're in alignment with each other. There's genuine care. There's genuine excellent communication between the two of us. I mean, this feels like the real deal. And I know that sounds maybe a too early because it's only been a couple, you know, two and a half, three months. But at the same time, it feels like the real deal. It's awesome. I'm super happy for you. And Thank you. Because I know that, to say the least, you're a picky person. And, <laughs> and, and I put Seinfeld to shame. Yeah, yeah, you sure do. And because you're a picky person, well, you know, I know that when you really like someone, it's not, uh, what would they say, uh, the boy who cried wolf, you know, where it's like, oh, here he goes again. He's saying he really likes someone and it's, yeah. you know, and then it's not. And it turns out to be not a big deal. It's really not the case with you because you don't normally like anybody. <laughs> yeah, you know, maybe. <laughs> well, like I usually exclude people very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, not from a disingenuine place, but from a place of like, 
look, I really know who I am and what I want. And if I don't feel like we're in alignment, I'm not going to waste someone's time. I know so many people that engage, you know, engage in months and months, if not years together, when there's no real game plan of how to be, you know, if they really want to be with that person long term. And, you know, I'm a bit older than you, so I've been around the block a little bit and I feel like I know who I am and what I want. And, and you know, the fact is that she, she and I did, know each other for a year and communicated in a number of times between him, which relates to this conversation today, especially since our relationship is relatively new and how much communication should you have with each other, I think kind of relates to this conversation today. Yeah. Yeah. The I, So what we're talking about today is how much should you be communicating? Now, I want to be really specific here because yeah. Communication is kind of a vague word. Communication means a sure. lot of different things. So what we're talking about is just general communication. Like how often? Like how often should you be texting them or calling them or getting on the phone with them or FaceTiming them or seeing them, having sleepovers, dates, all that stuff? Like how much just connection time? Actually, that's a better way of putting it. And now that I'm talking this through, it's more about like how many times are you connecting? Not just communication. Yeah. Obviously, communication is going to happen when you're connecting, but we're talking about how often should you connect? And I just want to say this is inspired by a follower of mine on, on Instagram who listens to the podcast and he's having this issue is that his girlfriend wants to connect all the time and he says it's a, a little much. So he wanted to know about how often is the the right amount of time to connect. And I, just, I said, you know what, man, we're going to great idea. I love this topic because I do talk about this quite a bit in, my, in, in trip advice, my other business. So I think, you know what, let's let's talk about it. When you're in a relationship with someone, how often should you connect? Well, I'd like to start by saying one size doesn't fit all. So you know, I agree it's really with that. important to recognize that for some people, it might be eight times a day, you know, and for some people, it might be once a week, you know, and, and, and depending on the circumstances or whatnot. So I think it's important to kind of understand that one size doesn't fit all. Okay. Well, so I agree with that. Now there's a general rule, but then there's the... But know, I think... It's like two sizes fits all. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm going to say four. You're going with four. Okay. Five. I'm going to actually go with five because I think there's a middle, there's the ends, and you know, there's the in-betweens. Well, I'll say this. You're starting to have an impact on me and how I view mm. relationships. I don't have exact terms for this yet, but how I view relationships in the early stages of life versus senior life. I'm going to call it senior well, that, life. Don't put me in senior yet, even though I'm in that age bracket. Uh, you're in that. You're Almost in that, you're in that age bracket. I call it midlife, by the way. So there's... I, well, okay. I know you call it midlife. I'm going to call it... I call it senior life because I am talking about 60 plus. Oh, well, well, I'm talking... When I say midlife, 45 to... If, 45 to 69. That's where I look at midlife. So the way I divide it is zero to 60, 61 <laughs> and up. 
I don't think much. So so here's why I divide it. Okay. Because you really are living living a different life when you're like over 60. Because when I say over, so why, why am I saying 60 versus 50 or 40? 60 is when, you know, you're probably most likely on average, your kids are pretty grown. Or maybe at this point, you've gotten the divorce, right? That's usually probably when most divorces happen. Is No, 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 my friend. They start much earlier than that. That's what I'm saying. Probably 40. No, they yeah. start at age 40. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You said is that, 60. No, I'm saying you're not listening oh. to me, friend. I'm no. saying that the divorces have already happened up to that point. Most divorces oh. have happened. So we're Oh, yeah, we're yeah, yeah. That meant, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that I agree with. Yeah. So Rare to see a divorce happen when people hit 60, although that does sometimes happen. So keep going, because I like that I'm changing your mind. Okay. So my point here is, is that I'm starting to see okay after 60 what i was saying is your life life is a lot different at that point you're looking more for companionship you're probably going to be spending more time with your partner at the, at those ages it's hard to get away from that you're getting into the retirement zone you know it's it's a really different type of lifestyle so that's what i would say Okay, that's I would say that when you're connecting with your partner, you're going to be naturally doing it that much more post 60. Now, I know I'm already I can already hear the people who are like in their 40s and 50s going, what? I'm connecting with my partner all the time. We have kids. There's a lot going on. But but still, even at that point, you're both probably working or having like somewhat of separate lives. Things are a little bit different post-60. Okay, with that being said. Well, by the way, now, are we differentiating singles versus those who are in, married or in relationship? Because no, I'm only talking about people in relationships. This is relationships. Well, I, I, I apologize. People that are married versus people who live separately. Oh, um, because you're married. You see your partner all the time. I don't think this... Really, it's it, how much communication you communicate every day, sometimes multiple times in a day. True. So, but, so I think we're really talking about people who are not in a living situation. Well, let's just say this. So I just wanted to first separate that for a second while going back okay. to the main point. The main okay. point being about how often should you be connecting with your partner? Okay. And yeah, you're you're okay, so you bring up a good point. You're clearly going to be connecting a lot more if you live with them. You wake up with them. You see yeah. them when you get home, all that stuff. Yeah. So that does play into account. I guess my point is is before 60 years old, for the general population who are in relationships, live together, marriages, whatever it may be, I think you should always be striving to connect. I'm going to say this so generally. I know you're about to probably pounce all over me for this one, but just to make this simple, connect as less as possible. So what does that look like? Not texting each other all day. Not seeing each other every single day. I know, again, we'll get to the specifics because I know that's hard when you live with somebody. But I'm just trying to give the general rule, not trying to see each other every single day, not having dates every single night. Mating in captivity, 
Great book, Esther Perel, famous psychologist, talks all about the fact that the more and more people spend time together, the more desire starts to wane. And the mystery that was once there when you first started dating, which kept the desire hot and heavy, starts to wane over time. And what's causing that? Well, there's a lot of things that cause that, but one thing just generally is all the time you're connecting with the person. Here's an example to prove my point. And all those listening who are in relationships right now, what does it feel like when you had to go away for a business trip or a bachelor party or a bachelorette party or for whatever reason, life got busy and maybe you don't live with your partner and you just couldn't see them for a week because you had all these meetings or things going on. What does it feel like when you finally see them again? It's like, whoa, this is so nice. You missed them. It's like a fresh, even like for a weekend, if you're away for a weekend, it's a fresh view. You get to connect with them again and catch up on all the stuff that you guys missed and have that time. And there's something more special about that because you guys weren't fully connecting all the time. All right, I'm going to jump in now <laughs> because, uh, and you know, my friend, I love you dearly. I think sometimes where we have differences is because you and I have a 23-year age gap between us. And so let me tell you, at age 40, I wasn't going to bachelor parties and I wasn't partying with friends. I was going through a divorce. And I had a lot of headaches going on. So, and I'm going to tell you, that's pretty significant of everyone after age 40. And certainly I'm, in a, I'm closer to 60 now. And that dynamic has changed quite a bit. So first off, Esther Perel was primarily talking about married couples because they are with their 24-7. Yeah. And because of that, desire drops. Now, let's talk about non-living together couples because I think the, your, your, the question that came in was from when someone who doesn't live with their partner. They're in a relationship together. So first off, you already have built-in space because you're not physically together most of the time. I would say the average couple that's in a seasoned relationship that have been together for three or four months and beyond probably spend anywhere from one, two, or three days a week together. Yeah. Or they spend the weekends together and maybe they're lucky to get a day or week. So there's plenty of time apart. Yeah, it's a lot easier real- in, in that in that um, okay. segment of the relationship before you live okay. together. Okay, so yeah. now let me take this a step further. So I think what you're, the, you're, the person that wrote you is really talking because their partner wanted to feel more connected. All right, so let's really examine this for a bit because what they're really saying is, I don't feel safe in this relationship. I don't feel that I trust you. I don't mean fidelity, but because we're apart and we're not communicating, I'm not feeling safe, okay? I'm not feeling certain. Now, part of the reason why is we no longer live in villages and tribes, and we no longer live in environments where we're connected with each other on a regular basis. So there's a real need coming up in that moment saying, I need to feel connected with you. I would like more communication, okay? Well, yeah, and listen, we should be talking about this. We're gonna. I think we need to separate what it means to be how much you should be connecting with the person that you're not living with versus the person that you are living with. Yeah, so so it's interesting because now I'm in a, a new relationship 
Yeah, you're in the not li- fi- living together stage. We're not in a living together stage. We have distance. And I notice that sometimes I feel needy. I need communication. Now, I'll tell you where this stems from. I had a mother that would give me love and then take it away and give me love and take it away and give me love and take it away. This is what happened in my childhood. My mother would go silent for days on end. So when there's a silence, I feel like love is being taken away from me. That is something that was so conditioned in childhood that even as an adult, even as a human being that's done a tremendous amount of personal development work, self-help and spiritual work to heal this, it's still a default. Okay, so what's your point with that? Well, what I'm saying is, as an example, if a partner needs connection, it's oftentimes because in that moment they feel unsafe. So I think first, and by the way, I've shared this with my partner and I told her this is what comes up for me, not because I'm weak, not because I'm a beta male or a simp or anything no, like that. No, it's because you, an- you have an anxious attachment style. I have an anxious, exactly. So we're both aware of it. And sometimes, and but isn't that something that occasion. you need to be working on versus I putting it on your partner? I am absolutely working. Well, I'm not asking for anything. I'm just sharing what comes up for me. I think rather than hiding, listen, by bringing it out to the light, and I know you believe that might be a sense of weakness, okay? I believe it is a sense of strength. Now, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but we've talked about this before. Vulnerability might be perceived as weakness. I believe it's per- it's actually a strength. Well, so, hold on. We're, we're, I, I don't want to stray too far off topic here because okay, what we're talking I'm coming about, back the I need need, you to come back. But I'm talking about the need of communication. Well, connecting. For some people, connect. well, that's exact communication and connection. Well, just like a touch, like a people, connect, a text, uh, a, a seeing sometime, each other. Yeah, that. I think regular communication in relationship is absolutely important. I think these days it's more important to connect on a more regular basis because we no longer live in that environment where we literally live around the corner and have so many friends and are connected with one another. That's how I believe it. I think you have a different perspective on. Well, it. let's so get specific here. Let's here. let's get specific, right? It's okay. It's about how much, right? I'm saying a little bit less. You're saying a little bit more. So well, let's, let's talk about I what I agree what, what with less. Well, you said incessant. I agree. Less than incessant. But I'm saying more than zero, you know? So where's the happy Well, of course, more medium? than zero is that you don't have a relationship yeah. with the person. Exactly. Where's the so, happy medium? Well, I'll, I'll say this is here's the real divide. It's between the people who are not living with each other and the people that are living with each other. Okay. Let's focus on the non-living together. Well, I mean, I guess. No, I think we need to to tackle both. Okay. Okay. Because the the people that are living together, it's even more important. This advice is even more important. Let's talk about the living together. Yeah. Okay. So you want to start with living together. Well, hold on. Let's start from the chronologically. You're not living together. Right. Start from the very beginning. How much should you be seeing each other? How much should you be texting? I think that now, are we talking about an exclusive committed relationship or are we talking about... What else would we be their... talking about? Like a open relationship? Well, I, I guess where I'm differentiating is two people could be in a relationship. They're still in the dating process, but they call themselves in a relationship. Oh, okay. I, mean, um, wanna... I would say that you, you, this is, you know, this podcast is for people who are in relationships, not in the dating phase. So this is not okay. about the dating phase. This is the... So they're you... exclusive and monogamous with each other. Yeah, Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think- mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to spit, I'm going to say it 
morning and night at a minimum. <laughs> okay, I'll say, um, <laughs> I'll say a text a couple times a day. I, I'm not going to even necessarily throw it out if it's a morning or a night. A text or, or you can, I'd say two touches. Okay. Two touches. Phone call, text. Ah, and who ah, initiates, the I man or the woman? I don't even like that. I still think that's, I mean, again, I know in, in reality, people are definitely having way more touches than that. It's just how it, how it goes. But I think if we can strive, be, here's my point. Because there's so many opportunities to have touches, you can literally pick up your yeah. phone that's in your pocket and text. Because of yeah. that, we need to strive for less because we're probably doing more. And the reason why I'm saying this is to offer more space in between you and your partner so that when you finally do come together, more importantly, on a date, it's that much more special. Now, of course, oh, in the beginning dude, of a relationship, I, I, it's going to be super special. But I'd like it to be, yeah, if you could just do a couple touches, uh, digital touches, whatever, per day, and seeing each other, I don't know, two times per week, that would be a recipe for a really good relationship. I, I got to call you out on this because I guarantee you, when you and Megan were in the first, you know, after the fourth month, after you went on your trip together. You were probably communicating multiple times a day. You definitely saw each other multiple times a week, you know? Yeah, I think it, 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 there was an I, average. If you're some, saying the minimum, more okay. than often. Uh, but yeah, okay. listen, yeah, for sure. And I think that sometimes that was probably a mistake. No, it's not because you got married. I, I'm not going to call that. I'm going to call that out. That's well, not a mistake. Yeah, we still it's got part of the process. Are you? But if it was a mistake, then you wouldn't have. You guys would have blown up. So it didn't blow up. It maybe did. it felt like pressure. Now you could say you might say it felt like a little bit of pressure. But you know what? You guys see, it really boils down. But to what, is, hold do on, you but, really but, care about the person? How much you care about the person? And do you want to even communicate on a regular basis? Because there's some people that don't want to. They don't like communication, and. But it's probably because they genuinely don't care enough about the person. They're still in a fully committed relationship. It's monogamous. But their care level is on the lower end of the, uh, the scale than the higher end of the scale. Because when you really like someone, you care about them, you want to connect with them on a regular basis. And now you see me smiling because I'm in joy right now. I'm in La La Land. I'm Tom Cruise dancing on the couch on Oprah. That's how I feel. And I want to talk to her on a regular basis. And guess what? She wants to talk to me on a regular basis. Fantastic. That's great. I just still think that it would. I think more of my point also is that you really need to understand the quality of the touch. Like I, mm. I these these Gen Z's. Good point. And I even think millennials and everyone else because. We are doing this with our phones. So we're doing a lot of texting, paragraphs, getting to know each other. It's like we're having like almost full dates over text message. And miscommunication from text message. I mean, it's so fascinating how, I mean, I'll be candid with you. That's Colin, the problem. My son, 
Yes. Yeah, my, my son reached out to me because there's a like a there was a miscommunication via text message. And this is why you guys, you Gen Z's and everything, you little kitties, you guys are doing it via text. I'm like, get on the phone to communicate with one another because it's sometimes absolutely confusing. Well, even that, too, I mean, you're going to spend an hour on, every day on the phone with the person. I don't know. I think that's a lot. You should be doing other things because also it could potentially come again it does kind of vary case by case but whether woman or man it could come off needy so hopefully you are on the same page i think that it could could hurt the attraction okay now let's talk about could come across as needy so you are very familiar the work of john gottman and john gottman continually talks about setting up agreements and living up to agreements. So you could have an agreement with your partner and say, hey, I'd like us to check in on the, as an example, I'd like us to check in on the phone in the evening once a night, you know, via via telephone, just so we can connect with one another. Are you okay with that? That's an agreement. That's not needy, that's a request. Now, I think by, if people had I like that, I like that. If you could do that in a really mature way yes that's exactly people it. aren't necessarily We're, that's the problem people are not yeah that's the real issue about communication is we have a lot of weak we have human beings that have weak relationship skills trying to connect because they're not yeah. articulating their needs wants and desires in a way that's seen heard and understood and so i'm thinking about my uh my dm from from the guy who dm me and he said that the girl he's with wants to text all the time so when I, when I hear that and when I, when I hear what you're saying, I'm thinking about the two sides. It's like, all right, she wants to do one thing. He seemingly doesn't want to do that. Both people need to be communicating that to each other. And there needs to be some sort of compromise being had. So if she's like, no, I want to text you all the time, that, that she shouldn't necessarily get her way. Because what does he want? Well, well, and who's up. who has more importance? Well, they both okay. are important because they're both in the relationship. So it it needs to be discussed what each other wants. But I do believe that if two people aren't so needy for each other, and if they're not texting all day or talking for an hour every single night, that it will leave open more room for desire. So, so even if that's what two people want, doesn't mean it's necessarily good. I, I, I know you're focused on desire here, and I, that's probably a whole nother podcast that we need to get into. And I totally would love to inter, you know, talk about mating in captivity in particular. What I think we're really talking about in the early stages, because we started early and we'll get into marriage in a few moments. Yeah, we got to get to the there's the there's part. this importance of establishing trust. And because oftentimes people live distance from one another, like in you know, in my case, it's long distance but I'm airplane. Well, that's a rare one. Away. That's rare. Let's not talk yeah, about but too that's much rare. exceptions. But, but, but most of the time. These days, it's rare that you actually live in the same city. Oftentimes, it could be 15 minutes to two hour, you know, travel time. 
there's this importance of establishing trust and regular communication is an important facet to build trust. Yeah, now, that's fine. Sometimes people great, so, and that's and that's yeah, that's a that's seeing each other a couple times a week. That's maybe a text or two every day. What else more do you really need? You know what? Our list. I'm going to ask our listeners. <laughs> what do they think they would like? In the form of there's a difference between I, what you like and what you want versus what works, and that's where I'm coming from. Just because you want something well, doesn't mean you should necessarily. Yeah, I, I want I want to eat donuts regularly. all day long. I want to eat a donut right now. I want to eat one for dinner. I want all different kinds, and then I want to finish it with ice cream. But that doesn't right. mean I should First do. First off, it. well, let's come back to you and Megan. You communicated regularly throughout the day in the early stage of your relationship and up and through the time you lived together. Yeah, but we didn't overdo it. And again, I think that sometimes we did, I'll admit, but then I think that was also probably a mistake. I, I don't agree it was a mistake. But let's move on to married couples now because we've kind of established where we stand with those in a relationship. Yeah, because this is this is where together. it really counts, by the way. Because Living together. Yeah. yeah. We'll just say living together because, you know, well, I'll say this from my experience. Which, We're married and yeah. I feel more like, I feel more bound to her. That's the word actually I've been, I've been looking for because connected is kind of wow. also, yeah, well, you feel more bound to them. Like you're, you're bound sure. to them. You're, you're married, right? So I feel more bound to her, but on a day-to-day -day oh, basis, I... nothing's really changed. Show me your ring. <laughs> oh, I love seeing your ring on you, my friend. Thank you, friend. So you, you hear what I'm saying though is like, I don't even. I don't think we even need to separate it between uh, living together, well, not know, married, and living together, married. It's the same thing. Living together is so, is the kind of the thing is that's bringing you two closer and having more touch points. So, so I want to say when I was married, you know, this was pre cell phones, uh, or I mean, I had a car phone back then. Um, you know, it was interesting because you know when we lived together and then we eventually got married. You know, we see each other for a moment in the morning. I'd go off to work. She'd go off to work. And we didn't communicate throughout the day. And then we'd connect at night because we felt secure in our relationship that we didn't need regular touches. Now, um, now that might have been a mistake too, you know, not connecting a little bit throughout the day. But we didn't back then. And those, you know, relationships seemed to be fine. Today, now, I suspect because of technology, there's this almost... There is a different need that's happening because you can connect with someone so much. I do believe that's where it can be problematic for those that are living together or married. Because of the fact that you see them a lot. Exactly. So when you're not in living together, I do believe you need more touches, unlike what you believe. I think when you're together, you don't need to be incessantly communicating throughout the day to create connection because you should feel secure now that you're bound together. Which brings to the advice that if you two are not together, so let's say someone goes to work and the other one goes to work, unless it's like a logistical thing, like, hey, I'm picking up dinner, what do you want? Yeah, it should yeah. be zero texting or an emergency, obviously, other than those exceptions, zero texting. Well, the need for texting, I, I think it's okay, you know, I mean, to be needy for texting, I think that's an absolute no-no. But then again, um, I, I couldn't everyone... even take this to the next level because texting didn't even exist. It didn't exist 
uh, what, 20 years ago at this point? 20, yeah, I mean, by, by the way, people got along fine well before texting. <laughs> they were fine. You know, they figured out what they yeah. needed to bring home for dinner and they knew who to call if there was an emergency. So I'll yeah. even take it that step further is just do everything in your power unless it's an absolute emergency. You'll call them. But other than that, don't. How much more excited will you be to see your partner when you come home from work, when you haven't talked to them at all, all day, when you haven't G-chatted with them and DM'd with them and texted them and sent them a meme? I bet you you're going to be so much more excited to then come home and connect and talk about your day. Now, I'll bring it to the next level. Of course, you're going to have physical touch points, right? It's not about you guys don't live together anymore, so you see each other two to three times a week on a date and you do all the fun stuff, but now you're with each other all the time. Then what do you do? Well, well I, have, I have a question for you. Okay, so you just said something. How's your day going? It made me think of the Seinfeld episode where Kramer goes about marriage and he goes, your marriage is all about, how's your day going? Did you have a good day? I hope you had a good day. What about I'm you? Did curious. you have a good day? How about yeah, you? Was exactly. it was it a good day today or was it a bad day today? What kind of day was it? <laughs> so so I'm curious, how's your how's your communication with you and Megan now that you're married? Like do you have deep rich conversation or is it surface? Well, it's everything. Okay. I am actively trying to have what I'm trying to do right now is have more conversations where the screens aren't in the way. So oh. I'm trying to have more screenless conversations, even if it's something quick. So I don't want her to be looking at her phone or computer while we're chatting about anything. And I shouldn't yeah. either. Let's if we're going to talk, even if it's like something that's not that important, whatever it is, I'm striving for that to have as many screenless conversations as possible even if so it's, you put your even if phone it's away second, or turn just, it upside just turn it upside down, down. down. don't yeah. touch it if she comes in the room i'll turn around i'm not looking at the screen okay what's up what are we talking about so as many screenless conversations i do believe for all of you out there who are in relationships who live together that that would help a lot i heard this piece of advice on tiktok it was really interesting. I'll share it with everybody here. It was someone talking about gray zone. It was their term for hanging out with your partner while you two are not doing anything, but you're in the same room. And they were saying, try to keep that to a minimum. I kind of like that. So gray zone area is like you're in the same room. One person's on the couch looking at their phone. The other's watching something. That's a really hard one. I'll even say like that. Ugh. Even on my end, that's a that's a really hard one to do. Well, especially if you live in a place that's only if that's under a fifteen hundred anyway, square I'm, feet. I'm a little confused. How is he, uh, or how are they? Um, it's like hanging out, but you're not hanging out with each other. You're like hanging out, but you, you're just existing in the same room. Like gray. I think that he called it gray zone. Well, I can see how. You know, it's interesting. So my partner, and I'm, I call her my partner now, you know, she she was with me for 12 solid days and I was working and she was sitting on the couch near, you know, because I work from home and she was doing her thing and I'm doing my thing. You know, we're in sharing the same space, but she was doing her thing. I'm doing my thing. Now, that's because I'm working. 
So the question is, I think this is more in line is during your leisure time. And, you know, I remember watching my father do one thing while my mother did another thing. They're occupying the same space, but they're doing different things. I don't know if there's anything wrong with that. Um, Am I missing something? Well, I'm not. uh, I think it's really extreme advice. I think their point is kind of where we're going with Anytime you guys are with each other, even if it's the same space, it should be more more conscious. So what if I'm watching a movie and she's folding clothes, you know, I mean, like, well, that you're talking about. This is where it gets difficult because that might be really hard if you live in a small space. So it might yeah. be near impossible in some people's cases, like if you live in so New- I like if you live in real- New York. You know? So I think the real question now that I'm exploring all this is, it's not how often, it's what's the quality of connection. Exactly. I think that's the point. That's really the more yeah. important piece because, you know, I, I don't think, you know, sending a text message saying I'm thinking of you, well, that, you know, is cute and whatnot. But, and it certainly, you know, lets a person know that they're on your mind. No. I think what's really more important is, What's the quality of the connection and communication when you're together so that when you're apart, there isn't a dependency on touches to feel safe in the relationship? Love that. And, and I, I'll be I, think, candid. I, I, started, I think that's really good what you said there. And, and even though I have quality communication with my partner, I still have a default anxious style and I'm aware of it. And I, I notice when it comes up. And sometimes I bring it to her attention. Sometimes I don't. Um, and it's not that often. I'm, I'm just saying I'm aware that it happens. And as more time is built, more roots of trust are really built in the relationship. And let me just say this, because I, I share this with my clientele as a relationship coach. I believe the key roots of trust are built through emotional connection, being on the same page economically, Social activities, hobbies, mutual interests, spending time with family and friends, and genuine intimacy, both physical and emotional intimacy. When you build those deep roots in those five areas, you have a strong relationship that you don't need dependency on. I need a text all the time to feel safe. Yeah, that's why I you, like that. You know, yeah. you're married now. You feel you don't think she's going anywhere, right? <laughs> uh, and I think she would say the same for you. So. It's in, the, it's in the relationship process when you're not living together is how do you build that strong roots, that boundedness, so you're not dependent on incessant communication. That's awesome. I think that's getting to the root of the issue. Well said. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I think that's good. So you don't feel like you need to do that. I mean, yeah, I go back and forth to you on the idea of sending that, hey, thinking of you text. I mean, I know that feels good. A little dopamine hit. Oh, that's nice. My partner's thinking of me. That's really sweet. Okay, you don't want to send that when you're gone on a three-day trip? I think that's fine. On an average Tuesday, I know it sounds sweet. I'm not trying to be anti-romance or anything like that. But how much more powerful is it going to feel when you haven't talked to them, texted them, connected with them, DM'd them, Facebook Messenger them, or whatever the hell's going on there all day long, and you finally open the door? Honey, I'm home. And you guys embrace each other. That is going to be so much more uh, 
su- uh, substantial than if you guys were texting all day. Well, yeah, well, I, I want to be. I'm not argumentative here. Yes, you are. If you're not going to see them for four <laughs> or five days, maybe you know those text messages do mean. A no, lot. no, I said so, that. I said that's that's okay. That, oh, that's, okay. You know, I'm saying like on an average Tuesday after you know Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, we are talking about married couples or or in a relationship. I'm talking about I mean, living a, no. living together couples. Oh, living together. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, that's right. We because I I went backward for a moment. So. You know, as I started this conversation, when I jumped in, I said, one size doesn't fit all. You have to do what's right for you. And at the same time, I think what's most important is quality communication and also being aware of neediness, desiring communication from a needs-based versus a desired base. Yeah, I think you also, you need to really, and that begs uh, talking about, that the fact that you need to figure out what is inside of you that's wanting to have all these touch points, you know, that's that's kind of what you're saying well, here. I, I'm I, just saying that in a different way, like really figuring out, like, are you well, are you feeling needy? Are you, you feeling I, ha- having anxious attachment? And if you do, should you be talking to someone about that? Well, I think what we didn't really address is. There are some relationships that are fully committed and and are really working on a long-term plan towards long-term commitment. There's a lot of relationships that are situationships, casual relationships. There's almost, you know, some people are in what I call friends with benefits. They just don't even know about it. So there's a lot of immature relationships out there, which we addressed earlier, that is part of the root of why this occurs, the incessant need for communication, because a lot of relationships are not very well defined. And so that's, you know, that maybe a monkey maybe in all this. Also, I think just te- maybe I think, well, I think most relationships are dysfunctional. Well, that's a whole other conversation. I'm not going to agree. <laughs> you know with me. You. I like throwing, I like, I like going off on tangents. I'm not going to agree or disagree with that, but I'll say that technology has made it so easy to connect with people that maybe it just made us addicted to doing it. Or now, technology, technology has made it so made us more lonely than ever because of the fact that we it's so crazy, but it's made us more lonely than ever because we, we, we were able to see what everyone's doing and getting the highlight reels and it gets more FOMO and you feel more lonely. So therefore, you feel like you need to connect more and reach out and text. But our parents or even you didn't need to do that pre-1998 pre-text messaging yeah text messaging i was thinking i had my first uh, car phone in like 1992 but how often were you using it because you weren't in your car all the it was, time by the way it used to cost 45 cents a minute <laughs> back then a 10 minute phone call was four dollars and fifty cents real quick when you get really excited you you talk loudly and closer to the mic and it gets very loud oh sorry about that <laughs> keep a distance friend it's probably some people being I'm like thank you Chip, for telling him Thank you. But we All right. I think we have unpacked this plenty for right now. We sure did. Love you, buddy. I love you, too. You know, I'm grateful that we can do this together. Uh, I miss you, my friend. I am so proud of you on so many different levels, not just in your professional life, in your personal life. You are a true mensch of a man. I'm just grateful to be associated with you, my friend. Okay. Well, thank you. And... 
I am grateful to have you as well and to do this podcast with. And if you are grateful for this podcast, we love a review, maybe even five stars on iTunes iTunes, God, I can't, I won't ever be able to stop that. On Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, <laughs> we'd love to get that to spread the word of this wonderful podcast that we hope is helping everyone in relationships have amazing relationships because we do believe relationships are absolutely underrated. I am Trip signing off. Hope today helped. And this is Jonathan Asley signing off, and I want to wish you a super duper wonderful, fantastic day. Be well. <laughs>